it's all very well talking about being real, showing up real, having authentic conversations online and offline, but hey, could we do with a few tips on how? Yes, we could. Hello, I'm Trisha Lewis. This is the Make It Real podcast, and I will be talking to very real people who've had very real experience, mistakes and everything, and they will be giving you those tips. So, stay tuned. Lois with us today and I, um, I've been entrusted with a very important job and um, I just want everybody to sit down quietly now while I do this because Lois is in what we might call a period of transition in many ways which you're going to find out about any moment now and I know that her story is going to resonate with a huge amount of people. And one of the transitions means that she's actually transitioning back to her original name, surname, the one she was kind of born with, basically. So I'm now going to introduce the artist formerly known as Lois Nichols, the uh, copywriter, uh, owner of the company Be Loud Words. I'm going to introduce her, ladies and gentlemen, drum roll, as Lois Cliff. Hello, Lois. Hello, Trisha. Thank you so much for having me. It's a great honour to be on your podcast. Well, you say that now, but we've only started. <laughs> <laughs> um, number one, how, how do you feel listening to that name? Yeah, it's great. It gives. I'm all for having an accountability partner, Trisha. So you are, you are it for this little project. But that's great. I'm very happy to have you on board. Thank you. Uh, well, you know, as listeners may or may not have picked up, I have, let's just say, I, I have been around a few interesting marriage journeys. So, um, and actually, I'm, I'm sorry, we will get on to your story in a minute, but I can't resist sharing this quickly, Lois. Um, so when I stood at the registry office um, with my third husband, who I'm now very happily with and have been for a long time, um, they, of course, had to do that official thing of reading out your previous surnames when they do the... <laughs> so that gave, that gave a few people quite a lot of laughter on that day. It was a lovely, lovely moment, really, um, because there have been a few. So we're talking about surnames, you know, and it can get very complex. And it sounds like a silly thing, but for women, because it is one of those weird things... Um, it can actually be quite a big deal because it can be part of our identity and have a lot more story to it than just a few letters in a in a name. So there we go. It's my profound comment for the day. But let's get on to you because we've got some great stories to tell. So Lois, when I have just told the listeners that you're in a period of transition, I mean, should we start? We'll start with the slightly more straightforward stuff to do with your work because it wasn't that long ago that you set up this company after doing something else for a long time tell us right okie dokie so for 25 years pretty much i was a teacher of english or a head of english in large state comprehensives for the most part and i reached a birthday 49 and year 50 and realized that i was sort of drinking at the last chance saloon that's the way it felt and I thought, if I do not do this, I will never do it. Having wanted for a long time to make my living with words somehow, 
and the obvious way forward was to write a book. Um, I just thought I have to do this. If I don't get out of teaching now, in five years time, I will be retiring or whatever, and I will be more overweight, more unwell, more unhealthy, more stressed, more knackered. And that just was not an acceptable proposition to me. So I really annoyed my husband by telling him what I was going to do. Apparently I gave him a weekend's notice, poor man. Um, and then I basically handed in my resignation. Um, oh, yeah. How many years was that? That was pretty much 25 years. I had four terms off on maternity leave with my two boys, um, but that was pretty much it. Yeah. So transition number one. <laughs> yeah. that, you're right. Okay. Um, and oops, a very loud motor car going past my window. Um, so, right teacher i mean that's a pretty full-on job um i've you know so it wasn't you weren't just kind of faffing around <laughs> that was you were fully immersed in a full-on job I promise there was no faffing <laughs> so how, i mean was there a sort of weird kind of morning after feeling when you walked away from something that had been such a huge part of your life was it a was it an elated feeling or was it a scared or do you remember um, yeah, it was interesting. So I finished at Christmas, so December the 21st, after September to December had chewed me up and spat me out, as it normally did. Um, and then I had to wait, of course, till everybody just went back to school or college or university or whatever they were doing. Um, so it was January the 6th when I officially started my business in copywriting. And yeah, you know, I, I sort of loosely had a plan. Um, I had read a book by Peter Bauman called Well-Fed Writers. So, you know, six months, basically, I'd be putting my food on the table and looking after myself financially. And so, yes, I credit Peter with giving me the impetus, actually, to, to say, yes, Lois, you've got this. You can do this. Um, and, yeah, it was exciting. It was, it was stressful. It was nerve-wracking. It was very, very difficult for my husband, really difficult. It was the straw that broke the camel's back, really. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, this is the thing. It's it's moments of transition can often break a lot of camels' backs. <laughs> I mean, seriously, there are a lot of camels limping around out camels. there. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I remember actually my daughter lost a lot of weight. It's quite interesting because you mentioned you know you're worried about putting on weight and all the other unhealthy things that are happening through this point in your life, and you. You mentioned that, and I remember my daughter losing a lot of weight and splitting up with her boyfriend. And I and I thought I thought I could see it coming because you could see this renewed. She'd always sort of been on the chubby side, beautiful, I might add. And I'd never made a thing about this because she was just gorgeous and tall and lovely. But I could see this this sort of new kind of confidence welling within her as she lost this weight. And I thought. I thought, and actually, the person that you had chosen to be with, all of a sudden, isn't really going to fit. It's isn't it? It's interesting. It's interesting. I think life goes, we, we go through stages, you know, like Shakespeare and the Seven Ages of Man. Yes, um, I am going to wear lots of purple at some point, probably. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you, you so, so there we go. We've got transition number one, the job. And mm -hmm. quite soon following that, as you have alluded to, um, the, you know, the, the, the sort of um, 
changing situation in your marriage. Um, and this, of course, was anybody, any females out there, or actually males as well, because males these days are pretty up on these things, which is good, will have, will have heard the age kind of range. So they might also be realizing that there are physical changes for women around this time. It can take 10 years for this whole thing to unfold called menopause. <laughs> because that rather degrades it so I'm going to apologize for that um yeah there's this thing and so that's physical change and it's big it's it's, it's huge so but you've got another one to add to this this lovely perfect storm haven't you tell, tell the listeners okay so in September I got a call from um the guy I used to be the boss of who then became my boss for uh four terms um before I left teaching to say Lois we're we're a man down in the department can you help so I became out of the goodness of my heart um, and my love of fun classrooms and lots of gorgeous kids I became a full-time teacher of English again at my old school which meant that I was perfectly placed to totally miss the fact that there was a major tragedy going on in my life which was my baby who's now six foot one best part of and lanky and beautiful and, and lovely leaving home my baby fledgling the last one of the two was flapping his wings and buggered off to Newcastle and so it didn't register really until I had time to breathe again because being a full-time English teacher in my experience the way I did it which my husband always said it's not the job that's the problem Lois it's the way you do the job I do it like you know I'm on roller skates on crack basically that's how it it is um, in <laughs> just pause a minute Lois for that image to sink in that, that is Lois on roller skates on crack okay I just right um it's like <laughs> Kids do like that, Trisha. It's fun for them. There aren't many people who do that, that particular combo. So they do like it. I could I couldn't do either separately, I don't think, let alone together. So um but I yeah, so we've we've got what is commonly termed as empty nest syndrome going on here now on top of everything else. Yeah. And then, you know, um we had a horrible, horrible Christmas because I knew that it was my last Christmas as a member of a family of four but my baby couldn't come with us to the thing that we always do at Christmas which is we go to Dazelt skiing um, because the blokes love to ski me strap skis on my on, on my feet and I become a, a mass of petrification and terror and but I brazen it out for the good of the family because they all love it and he couldn't come because he had given himself a pneumothorax with some intense sneezing at about six o'clock in the morning after a night clubbing in Manchester with a cold, which is perhaps not the best combination, but that's what he chose to do. So there I am on my last family Christmas, knowing that I have to have that horrible conversation after getting through Christmas and New Year, and the baby's birthday is January the 4th. Um, but there he was, staying at Granny's whilst we all buzzed off to France skiing. That was it was just the worst Christmas in life ever. It was horrible. Horrible. Um, okay, no, no, no. I are you painless? Have you noticed how good Lois is with words? Well, isn't that a surprise? No. Um, I love I love the way you paint pictures. Honestly, they're they are so vivid. 
By the way, I've now got you on roller skates, on crack, and on a pair of skis at the same time. So. <laughs> Yeah, if you look at me skiing, it's like I'm wearing the roller skates and the skis, so, you know. <laughs> right, so we're we, don't worry, listeners, can you just hang on in there, by the way, because we're going to get through this together, okay? So, right, just let's all just breathe. Now, so what we've got is a situation which will not be unfamiliar to a lot of people, and what the heck do you do when you're in this situation do you lie down and sob your eyes out and you know pretty much put your head under the duvet and hope that you know well I won't go into too much detail or do or do you do what they do in sort of I don't know film land and just kind of walk around the corner one day bump into some fabulous man who rescues you from the whole thing and all of a sudden your life has got meaning and 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 rainbows appear in the sky now I don't think it's either of those is it no not really so I moved out on January the 28th ironically that's my parents wedding anniversary um having had the conversation on January the 3rd so I'm getting the swiftest removal from the, the marital home award I think my husband's quite impressed with that in a perverse and twisted sort of way um and it's the first time I've ever ever lived on my own and I was doing really well and I had made it my home within two two weeks um, I had a need, a personal need to do that, but I am good at doing it and I like doing it. Um, that's the way I roll. Um, and then, of course, you know, after I'd had lovely um, tapas dates and friends for, for prinks, as my son Toby would call them, prees, whatever, um, you know, I've made a big effort to maintain a social life as a singleton. Um, then, of course, we, we start dealing with lockdown. And I'd been doing okay through February with lots to focus my mind. And then March came and April, and I think I went into a sort of low decline, which I wasn't aware of. I use the boiling frogs analogy. You know, you don't, if, if you want to boil a frog, you put it in a pan of cold water. I would hasten to say that I've never actually boiled a frog, so I can't vouch for this. But, you know, it's, it's like being depressed. You don't realize you're depressed until one day something makes you sort of step outside yourself and you work out what's going on and why you feel so crap all the time um you know i just hadn't realized what was happening to me i thought brain sludge you know okay what's happening is that just is that the menopause you know couldn't focus on anything couldn't sit down couldn't concentrate i had work to deliver to clients and i had to make a phone call and just say i'm so sorry but I'm not going to be able to make that date. Um, can we talk about this? And it was embarrassing and humiliating and horrible. But that was where I was. It was not a good time. I was so unproductive. And I am the queen of the displacement activity. You know, I do displacement activities at Olympic level. But for, even for me, that was, you know, quite insane. Okay, I've now got you on skates and skis, on crack and um, and an Olympic sport as well. Gold medaling on that one, Tricia. Gold oh, medaling in displacement. Oh gosh, you know we're laughing because thank God we can all laugh. Thank goodness for that. But you know when you referred to phoning up clients and saying I can't, you know I can't make the deadline. I can't, I can't do it. I I had, you know, I, I get 
going back to when my brain was sludging all over the place through the the, the menopausy period of time which went on because the thing is that it go it starts happening before you know it's happening which is why it's so freaking cruel because it's only in hindsight like you've just yeah. done that yeah. you can go back and say well oh, yeah it was that it, well that and a few other things in 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 your case as well but you know i remember i remember getting half out the motorway to go and do um because for at this period of time i was doing delivering reminiscence in care homes so i was all over hampshire dorset wiltshire all over the place so there was quite a lot of travel involved and i would it was a beautiful thing to do and it was freelance it was kind of under my control to a certain extent but i had these bookings and off i went and there were occasions where I can admit now I got as far as Southampton from Bournemouth, okay. pulled over into a service station, made a phone call saying something like I'd run out of petrol or I lied. I'm going to be honest about that. Um, I, think in these, I think in these days of, uh, in terms of politics, one needs to be honest. Um, and not make up a story. So I'm being honest. Someone in a care home in Southampton just having a light bulb moment now, Trisha. That's it for you now. <laughs> I know, they're all saying, I didn't believe her. I never believed her, did you? No. Um, but, but the point is that it's not like me any more than it's like you to let people down. It, it's so not like me, you know, and I'm a hard worker and I hate the idea of letting people down. But the, 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 sensation in my head was so overwhelming that I couldn't do it I couldn't do it I couldn't do it I didn't want to see anybody I wanted to be on my own etc etc it was so overwhelming to make me do that you know to travel that far up a motorway and make up some pathetic excuse yeah. that I so I just yeah. I'm putting that out there as you are to as a real realistic picture painting thing for people so that they don't beat themselves up too much yeah i've recently made a, a good buddy kim boudreau smith i don't know if you're familiar with with kim but she's lovely she's over in michigan and she's um a kick-ass feisty woman and i love her to bits and uh, she's a little bit older than me she's been an entrepreneur she's she's an amazing woman and she has a term the hag in the attic you know the little voice the inner voice and women just have that on loudspeaker all the time i think I, I'm sure that there are men who have it too, but we just don't get to hear about it. And women are very good at talking about things. Um, and and that, that self-critical gene that I think we're born with, we've got like a, a seriously ramped up version of it, I think. And in my case, it's just, she strides around in jack, jack boots. I like to wear Doc Martens, um, you know, and I think of myself as, as somebody pretty positive and, you know, I have energy and dynamism and I can get things done. But if that, am I allowed to say bitch face yes, on yes. the podcast? Yes. If she, that's what we've I call already, We've already advocated being on crack on a pair of roller skates. So I don't think we're going to make it. I think okay. we can let bitch face come through. Yeah, here. that's what I call her. That's what I call her. She has jack boots. Yeah, and she's sort of a bit of an SS sort of black uniformed. She's she's a shocker. And um, yeah. This is the hag in your attic. You're yeah, absolutely. Of. Yeah, she's vile. Yeah, yeah. It, it, this uh, I do I do know Kim not not well, but interestingly, she responded to one of my LinkedIn posts this very morning. So that's why ah. she brought her up. 
Um, and also you've used my, my word, because I have full ownership of this word, by the way, listeners, um, feisty, which I've just recently done a survey on. Um, okay, yeah. Of that word. And it's, it's, all of this stuff is it's just interesting because it's, you know, it, it's, it's the conflict within, isn't it? As you're saying, so you've got this big, this, this feisty personality, which you've got, you know, you're out there, you've been a teacher in classrooms, giving it all to the children, you've brought kids up, you, you know, and then all of a sudden you feel like this utterly yeah. pathetically useless person. Yeah, it's a system crash. And basically there's a whole load of other stuff. Since we last talked, Tricia, I am on such a journey. I sort of hate that cliche, but that is what I am on at the moment. And I have lovely, lovely friends in BNI, Kate Brannigan. If you don't know Kate, connect with Kate because she's a legend and 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 ray holding he's a painter and decorator just so many people who are just saying certain key things to me at certain key moments and it's just like oh my god how had i not realized that so everything that i'm going through in this crazy corona sort of um context is now stirring up things that i hadn't even registered with her so this identity crisis that I'm sort of in the middle of, this reinvention of me, it, it's, it's just, it's crazy. You know, you can sit on things for decades that you do not have a clue are part of your psyche. It's frightening. It's frightening. It's frightening, but it, in a way, what you're saying is the, is the best way to be. It, it, I'm, not, I'm not saying to have all this stuff um, in your past that you've got to work through. But the, the awareness factor is, is what you're now showing very clearly by the way you're talking about it. Yeah, and, and the fact that I have become so aware of that hag, that hag is, is somebody who's been so deeply entrenched in my psyche for so long and fear. I, last year, when I kicked off my business, it was the year of feel the fear, excluded, deleted, for propriety's sake, Tricia, hope you appreciate that. Feel the fear and do it anyway. And now it's like, let's just cut out the middleman. Let's just sack fear because fear, okay, you can talk about endorphins or adrenaline or whatever. I, am, I have been so driven, oppressed by fear for 50 years. You know what? I am entitling myself to say, I do not fear the fear and do it anyway. I just bloody well do it. Oh, listen to that. Listen to that. Now, obviously, we could spend the next five hours talking about fear <laughs> because I find it one of the most, it is a really fascinating thing to, um, to explore and get forensic with because, of course, you've got all the brain stuff going on, which <laughs> to a certain extent means that we are, we are lumbered with it in, in one way, aren't we? I mean, yeah. we can't like completely... Yeah rewire our brains to that yeah. because it's survival and all that. and that is it that yeah. is, you know don't dismiss that guys and girls but it, it is it is a survival thing we have still got all that primal wiring and it is in many ways there for a good reason like i said recently to stop us you know deciding whether we could fly like a bird or something and jump off the yeah. roof to experiment i mean it is a good thing but yeah, but we very quickly need to, to yeah. I'm doing Kung Fu movements now um, yeah. because of its incredible power to, uh, well, what, to what? What would you say the fear Stop was? you doing things. 
it, it, it's it's the ultimate you know i mean in in terms of barriers to progress that was a phrase that i encountered a lot in education are there any barriers to the progress of the pupils in your class students um so that you know what's stopping them learning what what is my big, biggest barrier to progress in 50 years fear without a shadow of a doubt and, and that's fear, fear yeah. of what though nurse trying it and failing not being good enough not measuring up not getting it right uh people not liking what i'm saying mm. i am a people pleaser um and i'm learning how to not be so much um yeah does any of this um <laughs> listeners alert is now i'm now getting her to lie down on the couch <laughs> i've got the incense going and i'm waving a crystal above her head and i'm going to ask her this does any of this stem back to your early days lois <laughs> uh, of course yes. it does because all of us stuff stuff <laughs> yeah really interestingly really interestingly and it's it's weird i had i think about my childhood and i say vague things like i had a happy childhood um i think there's a lot of fear and worry that I have basically just put a lid on and squished down and it's all just seething and bubbling around in this great big morass of emotions that I am sort of hooking up at the moment yeah I, I, I did not have what I would now term a safe childhood I essentially grew up in a commune it was the height of the charismatic movement. We had waifs and strays living in our home with us because we had a big Victorian vicarage. Um, you know, uh, vicars, oh, apparently they only work on Sundays, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and teachers knock off at 3.30 too, by the way, just in case you weren't aware of that. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, we, we were brought up by my mum, who was doing her best trying to feed a, a house full of people on peanuts because Vickers got paid peanuts back in the day. I think once my dad had paid for the oil, for the oil-fired central heating from his princely salary of £3,500, there was 500 quid left over for the rest of the year. So yeah, um, it was not a safe environment. It didn't feel safe. And I had had a conversation with my sister before I was 10 about why my mum and dad were always rowing. <laughs> I won't say any more. You know, there's a vague chance that somebody yeah, they know might this, listen to this, but. But this takes us to, interestingly, um, I can easily link this to something I wanted to ask you about, because this is something that you, you, you kind of touched on, um, which was how you moved into this cottage. Can I call it a cottage? You got yeah, a I mean, it's an end terrace, but it feels like a cottage. Yeah, it's, it's a like Cheshire cottage. cottage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you made it your own, as you said, in your yeah. work. You made it your own very quickly because it's something mm -hmm. you like to do. It's, it's important to you. And that applies to, to everybody. You're very aware of environment, aren't you, basically? And wanting to make it, the importance of it being, I'm going to use the word comfortable, uh, because it kind of says quite a lot that word, but that doesn't necessarily mean you've got to have big fluffy armchairs. It means comfortable in a wider sense, that word. Um, 
and, the, and this is, you know, the, the environment we grew up in, uh, yes, surprise, surprise, shock news, ladies and gentlemen, it, it, it will have some effect on us. Um, but I talk about it as unpacking your baggage, basically. And, yeah. and you need to, and that's what you're doing now. And we often don't do it properly until we get to this strange transitional phase in life, yeah. whenever that may occur. And, um, and I, I suppose the thing is, maybe one message is to perhaps consider doing it without being in the middle of a crisis. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I sort of jokingly use the hashtag lifetong, lifelong learning because I'm an educator at heart. It was Mark Schaefer reading that in Known recently in the bath a couple of months ago that he said he had the heart of a teacher. And um, it was just like, you know, who am I? What am I? Well, that just really resonated. So having binned off teaching, I now have to think, well, you know, here I am. Who am I? What am I going to be? And if I have the heart of a teacher, then have I done the right thing? But I cannot be in education anymore. I cannot teach in any more dirty classrooms because budgets and budgets and budgets squeezed, squeezed, squeezed for so, so many years now um, because schools have had to find salaries and you know pension contributions for teachers despite the government touting abroad that they haven't cut education. You know, what a load of absolute cobblers that was. Um, but, you know, mucky classrooms, I can't bear them. Classrooms where you're always having to scrabble around to resource them. Um, you know, I mean, teachers are incredibly busy and a lot of them are very, very stressed. But I find disorder claustrophobic. I can deal with dust, but I cannot deal with disorder. Mm. And, you know, when you go into a classroom and there's piles of crap on the floor, and piles of stuff on the windowsill. You know, I once remember reading a study that basically said that it was really important to have the eye lines out of the room, the windowsills, really clear. And that really resonated with me. It's a no-brainer to me because of the clutter factor anyway. But why would you clutter up that eye line to freedom of space and brain activity? You know, there's a correlation there between the physical and what can happen in, in the mind. To me, I like it. No, I like it. I am, I am literally looking around this room. As you, <laughs> but it's not too bad. So we've got big windows, fortunately. Um, but no, I, I agree. I, I, no, that makes complete sense. Yeah. Yes, environment is, is really important. And it doesn't, yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be spit, spot, clean, um, sterile, because for some people that would actually be a bad environment. You'd actually feel... Yeah awkward and uncomfortable in that environment yeah people are sort of a little amount of i'm looking around my room now yeah, you know, what is your environment for trisha it's to yeah. feel you know the french have that beautiful expression don't they Être bien dans sa peau, to feel well in your skin if your environment doesn't allow you to feel well in your skin then the environment is wrong for you it's not about you changing it's about what can you do to manage the environment so that it becomes better for you. Because we're not working in some sort of utopian world where we can all have everything we want. It doesn't work that way, does it? But, you know, making my home here, it was putting the things that I loved, that I brought with me from my, my marital home, um, that I considered mine, although that was a conversation maybe I should have had with my husband. Anyway, we have sorted it out. Um, you know, and, and putting them next to the things that made them look more than they were. 
mm. you know, so that there is a holistic, aesthetic, pleasing, it's, it's like a warm hug. That's what it does for me. It gives me a hug. And I think back to my childhood. I mean, we, we moved house a lot. I, I have never lived anywhere for 19 years, which is what I've just moved from, my house of 19 years. The longest I'd ever lived anywhere was seven years. Um, you know, so I think for me, it's, it's, it's homing at a very deep level. And the word nidification has recently come into my world. Oh, French, hang on. Uh, nidification, it's gorgeous, isn't it? Nidification. Nidification, N-I-D, N-I-D, N-I-D is French for nest. So nidification is to build a nest. It's what birds do. They oh. nidificate. But, you know, it's what I have been doing. And, you know, my friend Ray says, you know, you need to list, Lois, what are the things that you need to make yourself happy? And my number one thing is a home. And this is my home until January. But, you know, my lovely husband is facilitating the finances so that I can look at buying my place. Mm -hmm. And I have all of these ideas about whether I'm going to be a good human being if I don't go traveling. And see the world and and actually you know what be kind to me shut bitch face up because i can hear her starting to stomp around actually if my pure and simple thing my number one thing to make me happy is to have a home then that's what i need oh look i, oh, I love that i love that because um I often, I, I've kind of brought this up, this idea of, um, you know, the bucket list thing that uh, mm -hmm. there was a real craze of people talking about bucket lists at one stage. Um, in fact, there was quite, <laughs> quite an interesting film with Jack Nicholson. And yeah. I, I think that yeah. <laughs> um, but that's quite interesting on so many levels that I can't even begin to tell you. Um, but not least of which that he reminds me of my first husband. Um, but we'll move on from that. So this... I always used to joke to people and say, oh, I feel, I'm going to feel a total failure if I haven't somewhere got on a list that I need to go to Machu Picchu, you know, and because there was this point where you did, you had, you were literally questioned yourself, um, is there something wrong with me? I'm at this age, I ought to be planning some massive, big life adventure, um, but I couldn't agree with you more. For me, the, the environment I'm in here is I only live in a flat. It's I say only it's a lovely flat. But what 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 did I think the minute I walked in here was oh natural light. Um yeah. you know it was beautiful big windows. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. And, it's lovely. And, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. It's I mean in fact I've got two sofas that came from a charity shop years ago. Um and part of me, again, because of some weird messaging that comes from the ether, you know, it's like, oh, you should have a new sofa, you should have matching sofas, tone with your carpet. And <laughs> part of me every now and then thinks, oh, and then I think, hang on a minute, they're really comfortable. <laughs> and and it, it, that comes down to, you know, it's the simple question, isn't it, of how you live your life. What are your priorities? You know, my priorities are allowing myself to be who I am. And hell, I don't know, Trisha. I am discovering that because for so long I have been somebody's wife, the head's wife, somebody's daughter, the vicar's daughter. 
I was head girl because of something I wasn't. They voted for me, bless them, my colleagues in my year group, because they didn't want to swat from top set. So even that beautiful moment in my life was because of something I wasn't, not because of something I was, which has only recently occurred to me. You know, <laughs> no, you know so. That's magic. That, that, what a story. That is, oh, how illustrative is that story? That's incredible. Um, I, I'm very excited about your, I am very excited about your journey. <laughs> good, good. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite excited about it today. Being with you is making me excited about it. And I've just had a brilliant half an hour webinar with the amazing Stephen Watson of 27 and a half minutes and his wife, Jo, who you may know, she is a copywriter. They, uh, jo has a potty mouth, that's part of her. Uh, value proposition. She's gorgeous. I really love her. But Stephen is just a wonderful human being. They both are. And they're both ex-teachers, which is another connection we have. But he, he has a thing about time management and, you know, simplifying things, you know, 27 and a half minutes or roughly um, at lunchtime today on a webinar on Zoom and just gave me so many useful things to kick some ass in June. So yeah, exciting times. I will reference these various things and what we'll wrap up on actually is, is what you've just brought into my head by that um, by that comment and that is um, something I read recently in one of your articles on LinkedIn or posts you talked about um, habits mm -hmm. this was in the seven seven habits of is it highly successful people yeah yeah. I'm, I'm the joker with two divorces who's got this book on my desk. <laughs> Highly successful families. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? Stop it. Stop it. Stop hey, it. boys are doing really well. <laughs> uh, um, look, the, the one that you chose to talk about was begin with the end in mind. Yeah. Um, and it's almost a bit of a sort of counterbalance to, the, again, another message that keeps getting thrown at us that we've all got to be present in the moment and all the rest of it which is great that has a huge uh, don't get me wrong I'm not you know that's great on so many levels um, especially in my world when I have some people with presenting and talking and having conversations and listening and being curious it's all really good stuff but actually sometimes when you're especially when you've got quite a lot of um, changing and challenging scenarios playing out all around you like we've just heard from Lois like many people have um, you need something a little bit more concrete, don't you? you? You are inescapably the product of your nature, your DNA, and your nurture, the context in which you have grown up. I went away to Durham and had, you know, three very happy years at, at Durham, still have friends from that period. You cannot escape your past, and sometimes you've got to go back and dig around a little bit. Well, sometimes there's a bit of a volcanic eruption and you are forced to investigate the relics of the past. But if you don't have some sort of plan, you know, if you're not thinking about what is the shape of tomorrow, what do I need to, to make myself happy in the future? You can't just be in the moment. It's a bit eat, pray, love. Oh, I can, I'm 51, I'm menopausal, I'm having a midlife crisis. Do I need to go to Goa? Well, you know what? Hell, let's go to Goa and let's eat some beautiful curried fish on the beach. Yes, 
but I, not because I am in the middle of this craziness, just because it'd be a really nice thing to do one day, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. Oh, oh, don't, don't say another word. Oh, no, that's, okay. sorry, that was a bit aggressive. Um, <laughs> it's fine to show. Hey, I've just, you just added to the picture. So we've, to be honest, we've gone from the um, roller skates, you know, and... Um, With the crack. But yeah, all of that. We've gone back to... On the skis. We're now sitting on a really beautiful beach, um, eating curry fish, which I think is calmer. And it's calmer in many ways. As in C-A-L. I was going to say, no, it's, it's definitely not calmer. Definitely not, for sure. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. It's not calmer. <laughs> Oh, Lois, you're brilliant. You're, you're, you're honestly, you are just what this podcast is about. You're very real. I, you are, I know you're going to offer some, oh, we came up with this the other day we were chatting. You, you like helping people. Yes. Teacher for, for years, you know, and you're still helping yeah. people in, in your current business. But um, you. Although I have refined that since we last spoke. I like empowering people, Trisha. Exactly. Which is a little bit less generic because most people like to help people, don't they? You'd be a bit of a weirdo. Human beings are sort of hardwired for altruism. Mm. And if you're not altruistic, then you're probably a little bit of a sociopath. I'm talking in very large terms here, and please forgive me, but you know, people like to help people. It gives us a jolly. It gives us a warm fuzzy, doesn't it? But I like to empower people. That's what I like to do because that right, gives me what I need. That's it. Go. I've got you in your Doc yeah. Martins on the beach now. Um, okay, so yeah, cool. Okay, I'm feeling the ouch of the sand. Ouch, <laughs> Trisha. I've got sand in my docks, girl. That was harsh. Why do you do this to me, human? <laughs> gosh um this has been an absolute joy i i, I would say to people where you know i, I don't care whether people are well, thinking oh i need i need to get in touch with us for a particular business need i mean because you are i think you're going to offer more than you currently do and it might evolve and you are in this transitional stage but you do, do currently everybody will have heard that you've got a fabulous way with words so if they want some help with that for goodness sakes you know get in touch with us but i think you should just be connected to Lois in some way anyway because you can see that she's just a very real human being who's going through all sorts of fascinating journeys and <laughs> um, and also has a brilliant sense of humor whilst doing that so where do you want people to um, where do you want to direct them to well I have a massive project for June and it's to sort my LinkedIn out and we'll get a bit of help from our friends on that. Stephen Watson, John Aspirian. Um, yeah, and yeah, well, head to LinkedIn. Send me a voice note on LinkedIn. I love voice notes. Yeah, I do too. I can do voice notes in French, German, or Italian, as well as English. Yeah, my head was seriously tired yesterday because I was messaging with somebody in a very strange pidgin of French and German in the same voice note. I was just like, why am I doing this to myself? My head is actually hurting. <laughs> but there we go. For Lois, um, will they be looking for Lois? Um, you know what, as of June the 1st, yes. And that is pretty much upon us, isn't it? How can we be in June the first zone? Nearly. I don't know. I don't know. 
frankly, we're in a zone that is unlike many other zones we've ever been in. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, wow. Okay, well, look, well, if you don't find Lois Cliff, you'll find Lois Nichols, or, or you know, or, or just Lois. Lois, <laughs> yeah. yes. Don't have a surname. It's too complicated. You go like Prince Madonna. Get all yeah. you know, Beyonce. For goodness' sake. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Lois. Thank you. Thank you a million times for being so open and sharing and real and funny and gorgeous and um, come back again sometime. Thank you for having me, Tricia. It was lovely. Cheers. Yes! Take action. Try this one small step. This has got to be about your environment, hasn't it? There were so many lovely things in this episode, but I think one great takeaway for you to pay attention to is is your environment really making you feel good? Are there some little changes you could make? And I'm not talking about new sofas that would just give you that warm hug of well-being. Lot of fascinating stuff. You might need some show notes. So head over to trishalewis.com forward slash make it real podcast and subscribe because then you'll know when the next episode is available. I give you permission to go out and be real and enjoy it. Look forward to the next episode. Never be with me.